This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Empty backfield, second and goal. Cousins to the end zone. Touchdown! Redemption for Chad Beebe! <laughs> uh, every game's its own entity. It's hard to compare. You know, we just uh, got an empty in that last drive, and uh, they rushed three for several of the plays, and we had time to be able to work through the progressions. And, um, you know, a lot of different guys showed up and made big plays. Yeah, don't be so modest. You're the one that showed up. Under two minutes, no timeouts. We'll talk all about it in our pie chart of praise. And uh, we'll also go through the things we learned on NFL Sunday. Don't forget Vikings Vent Line, available to listen to on the Purple Daily Podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com if you missed it yesterday. And uh, before we do anything, let's shout out Federated Mutual Insurance Company here. I'm Mackie and Judd. Federated Insurance is pleased to announce My Shield your personalized online destination for risk management resources for your business. MyShield is available 24-7 and can be accessed from a computer, tablet, smartphone, or the MyShield app. MyShield's customizable dashboard organizes resources specific to your business on training, billing, employee certificates, safety videos, and much more. If you want to learn how Federated Insurance and MyShield can help your business, go to federatedinsurance.com and click on Meet MyShield at Federated. It's always our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's funny that you asked if I saw it in slow motion, and to be honest with you, that's kind of how it seemed. Uh, I just had a, we call it a clear route, um, but the defensive back, he was a little bit outside shade, and so I just <clears throat> tried to give him a stick like I was running out, and uh, Skinny threw, Kirk threw a great ball. Skinny? What a day for the Mackey and Judd show. Declan's guy, Chad Beebe, coming through in the clutch yesterday. Teddy lost as well for Declan because yeah, he was rooting picks. for the Panthers, Wait which worked perfectly. Yeah, Teddy yeah, looked, yeah. Like, uh, looked like he was back at Louisville. Hey, what's your hat say? Okay. Phil, I, I see you wearing a hat, and That's it's got right. something on it, and I can't see it. That's right. Declan was wrong? It, it, oh, just, no. it just says the truth. It says... <laughs> Kirk's number one fan. Because all of you Kirk doubters out there, those of you who've been casting shade upon the Vikings starting quarterback, owe us Kirk Cousins fans an yep. apology today. Okay, this is a great day for those of us who offered unwavering support of the Vikings starting quarterback all season. And uh, and I think I think it's time for Judd and Declan to apologize for all the negative things they've said what? about Kirk Cousins all season. Last week I tried to tell you that, that he choked against Dallas and you defended him. 
But he, yeah, you don't I tried to tell you he choked you against the Titans, and you told me, no, you don't get it. Yeah, Thielen he, has he, to catch that ball. Listen, he, he did his job twice early in the fourth quarter last week. He doesn't. He, he clocked out you with told four me, minutes left. You've told me all year long, if, if Kirk just lost that crutch, Adam Thielen, if he wasn't there, Kirk would be absolutely fine. And you were right. Great. You were exactly right. Spread the ball around. Exactly. It's just like the problem. It's like when Patrick Ewing left the Knicks, boom, NBA Finals the next year. Just spreading the ball around. I like the fact that you are are now have definitely doubled down with the hat. I'm all in today, and I'm all in the rest of the year. I'm here to to preach let Kirk cook. I think Declan used the hashtag let Kirk sing. Let Kirk sing. I I think there's a debate for which hashtag we can adopt going forward. Do you like how that tastes? Do you like that? You like how that one tastes? Like um, I would like to see I, if if we're going to take this um, uh, full circle. I would like to see at the very least a Kirk jersey. Listen, I'll I'll don it if someone has it. I, I'll be honest. I went to Target a couple weeks ago before the shutdown, and I did look to see if there were any Kirk jerseys laying around. I, I, want, I a, want to see if they were on discount. I looked for a Teddy one at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods on Friday. I couldn't find one. I was yeah. going to uh, wear a Teddy one. You're going to find even fewer of those after That's yesterday's right. Look at you guys. Right. Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. You yes, gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! That's right. I like that. I like that after yesterday. Should we jump right into the pie chart of praise here? Oh, I think we're on a roll. Why not? A Monday staple. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Now on Mackie and Judd. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. He should be singing his praises. Go ahead, Judd Zolgad. Four wins out of five. A game against the lowly Jaguars, in which the Vikings are nine-point favorites out of the gate. Chance to pull within, uh, well, chance to tie Arizona next week. Yes, a very, a very, um, by my standard, small pie chart. Only four pieces of pie coming Mm. out of uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. 80% 80% of this pie goes to one guy, Kirk Cousins. Wow. He deserves it. Look, yeah. look, final drive. Show me something, right? Like yeah. we've been saying that. Show us something. Six of seven, 75 yards, a quick score, basically, a touchdown pass, no timeouts to use. That's just impressive. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter, 12 of 15, 136 yards, two touchdowns. That's impressive. Kirk Cousins, you get 80% of the pie. It's incredible. 10% goes to, and I think that this is very fair, receivers not named Adam Thielen, who was, of course, on the COVID-19 list. B.C. Johnson, Justin Jefferson, Kyle Rudolph, and Chad Beebe each caught seven passes on Sunday in this game. Again, that's four different guys who caught seven passes. They get 10%. Did you guys see the Adam Thielen videos that his wife was sending yes, out on yes. social media? That's pretty hilarious. He, he was watching the game like any Vikings fan would with his kids, just jumping up and down on the touchdowns, the game-winning field goal. He freaks out. It was great. It was funny. Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm just, I'm just taking some photos of, uh, yeah. some of selfies? My, my, myself. Number one Kirk fan here for the social medias. Don't mind me. Keep going, Judd. Okay, 5% goes to the Vikings defense for the stand that they put on against Carolina. After uh, Dex's guy, BB, muffed that punt at the Vikings 9. They could have put the dagger in right there. They did not. That's partially on Teddy and the offense as well on Carolina. But you know what? The Vikings defense gets 5%, a small piece of pie. That leaves 5% of a chunk of pie. It has to, pie chart of praise, has to go to the team that helped the Vikings immensely 
among other things, by with about two sixteen left in this game, call or calling back to back pass plays for Teddy that stopped the clock, which helped the Vikings immensely in their final drive. Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. You get five percent simply because what are you doing? Why are you not trying to run the football and run clock? You are stopping the clock for a team that basically <laughs> deserved to be punished. The Vikings did because the last Zim challenge to me made no sense, right? So you've used up, you are basically, you've got them up against it as far as controlling the clock and stopping it, and you help them. So 5% goes to Matt Rule and the Panthers for being just the latest in a long line of coaches to miss. Manage the clock, 5% to the Vikings defense, 10% to the receiving core of uh, Johnson, Jefferson, Rudolph, and Beebe that caught seven passes apiece. They get 10%, and Kirk Cousins gets 80% of the pie. I was trying to do the math on just how much time the Panthers' terrible clock management and play calling cost them and gave to the Vikings. Awful. Now, the Vikings did get down inside the red zone with like a minute to go. I mean, it was like bang, 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 and they were down inside the red zone pretty quickly. So time wasn't a huge factor. In fact, you could argue the Vikings might have like slowed things down a little bit if they knew how quickly Kirk was going to cook. Yeah, you don't do that to your guy, Kirk. You you let let Kirk score. Favre should go slow. Kirk should cook quickly. But they had one of the the incomplete passes was just before the two-minute warning, and so it wouldn't have been a full 40 seconds off. It would have been like, you know, 20 seconds before the two-minute warning. But then they had one under the two-minute warning on that third down and 13. Why would you not? In that situation, right. the Vikings have no timeouts. Right. Why not just hand it off, take your medicine, kick a field goal? Like, you're not going to convert a third and 13 anyways. So just, like, and even the, the pass was short of the sticks. Like, yeah, just run the clock. Just run it and get it down to 120, no timeouts, and it makes life tougher. Unless you have yep. one of pro football focuses. Let's hear it. Top Let's five hear quarterbacks. You got one piece of pie, don't you? You got one piece of pie. Rock knows how you feel about pie. 100%. I've got four. Oh, wow. I've got four. Oh, you're not okay. really the biggest Kirk fan as I thought you were. Oh, just stick you're with me here, okay? to the right arm of Kirk Cousins, okay, for overcoming the team's imperfections yesterday. This is what we've been talking about all season. At least you guys have. I knew it was in him the whole time. This is what you guys have been criticizing him for. You and Julie. The whole season, yep. Yep. (laughs) That things aren't perfect in the Things happen in the NFL. Guys get hurt. Adam Thielen's out. There's going to be a muffed punt here. There's going to be a defensive touchdown over there. This stuff happens in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and the best quarterbacks, oftentimes the highest-paid quarterbacks, overcome these things to win games and Kirk was given the ball with a minute 50 left despite all the crap that happened in that game listen you have a chance to make up for it by just hitting like six passes down the field spread that ball around and he did so Kirk Cousins 30% of my pie chart of praise to him Uh, 15% to the Carolina Panthers I'm not going to go too deep because Judd nailed all of it they are they were incapable of moving the ball for long stretches in this game and credit to the Vikings uh, defense but also like what are you doing, Panthers? Like, why are you why are you not just running the ball in some of those situations? They definitely gave the Vikings uh, a clear opening to steal that game in the end. Five percent of my pie chart. So this brings us to fifty percent. Goes to Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer for resisting the urge to re-sign Teddy Bridgewater all oh those years God. ago. Oh, wow. shots fired! That's right. Oh boy, the producer studio's on fire. <laughs> Oh my God, Monday. I didn't see this coming. You Five heel, days off. Heel and... turn. Heel <laughs> turn by Mackie. Now listen, all right. So KCM Punk. I still love me some Teddy. He's a leader. <laughs> no, He's can't. a great guy. No. 
But I loved me some Teddy more when he was on a rookie contract. Yeah. More than the $20 million he's making right now. He was awful in that game yesterday. He missed two wide-open touchdown passes. I know Declan's going to sit here and say, but what about the last pass? And that was a dime. That was a dime. And it set the the Panthers up for a potential game-winning field goal. But he held on to the ball too long. He missed wide open touchdowns, and he—I I can't imagine if he was nervous playing the Vikings in an empty stadium. What would have happened if they had seventy thousand people in that stadium? Six picks. No. It would have been bad. Although he doesn't—he doesn't like—he doesn't make the reckless throw enough to tally up six picks. Right. He will hold on to it, which is also something he did often, often yesterday. And fifty percent of my pie chart of praise. All right. Much in the same way, gentlemen. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. That I attacked pecan pie every day over this Thanksgiving weekend and feel like an absolute blob. Hey, look. Oh, boy. Ooh. I am taking 50% of the pie for myself for being a master motivator I like of Kirk I like Cousins this is pr- before the game. Okay, This is beautiful. This is two exactly hour, what I would have done. Two hours before kickoff. Self-serving as can be, but I love it. I sent a closed-circuit <laughs> tweet to Kirk Cousins reminding him of his duties as a highly paid franchise quarterback. If you want to be a true franchise quarterback, someone who's capable of winning a Super Bowl, you need to put the team on your back in the final four minutes of games and steal victories more often than he has. It's in you, Kirk. We saw it yesterday. We saw it against the Broncos. And so I tweeted. I tweeted facts. I said when the Vikings are behind by one score or tied, so a chance to win the game, Early in the fourth quarter or overtime, so prior to the four-minute mark, Kirk's passer rating as a Viking over three years is 117.2, eighth in the NFL, early in the fourth quarter. But the job isn't over early in the fourth quarter. Oftentimes, the game goes back and forth. Stop the count. Late in the fourth quarter or overtime, so under four minutes in his Vikings career, Kirk's passer rating is a paltry 53.5 heading into yesterday's game, 43rd. In the NFL. Now, multiple quarterbacks have passer ratings over 100 in these situations, including non-obvious guys like Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic. Uh, Matt Ryan is great in these situations, believe it or not. And yesterday, damn it, Kirk Cousins rose up, checked all of those boxes, and led the Vikings to a victory under four minutes, under two minutes, with no timeouts. And I'd like to think that he was scrolling through Twitter Mm -hmm. two hours before that game took place. And saw the rock knows how you feel about pie. Just the motivation it. that he needed. I love it. Fifty percent to moi for being the master straw that stirs the Vikings cocktail. A genius move of of pointing out a stat and then taking credit when the player goes against the stat. I mm-hmm. absolutely. And by the way, I think you're right. I think he saw it. And he's like, I'll show that Mackey. I will the show rock him. Knows how you feel about pie. And yeah. thus, and thus was born. A quarterback who is destined for Canton now because of one man's willingness on a Sunday to set aside his his mashed potatoes and his mimosa <laughs> to put it aside. I don't aside. think Kirk eats mashed potatoes. No, I'm talking about no, oh, no, oh, me. No, I'm talking about you. Oh, yeah, you I, put no. Kirk did nothing I, here. I'm more of a you, stuffing guy. You yeah. put your you put your morning stuffing and mimosa aside for only a moment to go to a yes. stat site. That would motivate Kirk Cousins. You did. You know what you did? You did what Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and many before them could not do. You made Kirk a primetime player. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Ah, Declan, what's your pie chart of praise? All right. 
The Rock knows how you feel about pie. It's honestly, it's pretty similar to both of your guys'. Uh, I'll start from the top, work it's my Teddy. way down. One hundred percent. I miss pie. No Teddy. No I miss Teddy. Him. I miss Teddy him. does not make my pie. Teddy made my tears already happen, so we're just going to go with pie, okay? <laughs> I love how Declan was actively rooting for Teddy Bridgewater. That's that great. Game. Yes. He told me to. on Friday, and I, I, it was not a bit. No. It was no bit it's there. hilarious. All right, Kirk Cousins, 80% of the pie. He had 80% of this pie. He was amazing in the fourth quarter for the Vikings. Keep in mind, Minnesota had no business winning this football game. They had two strip sacks. They muffed a punt. Everything was going wrong for them, and when the when the water got hot, Kirk Cousins rose up. Twelve of fifteen in the fourth quarter, a buck thirty six, two touchdowns, one forty four rating. As we said, the man's heading to Canton. We're going to the Super Bowl. Here we go, Kirk. Congratulations, eighty percent of the pie to you, my friend. I will also give fifteen percent of this pie to Gary Kubiak because Dalvin Cook was not working. Adam Thielen was out. They figured out a way to spread the wealth around. The offense still was able to hum in that last two minutes. Kubiak deserves some praise for that. I really think he does. So 15% of the pie to Gary Kubiak. And the final piece, 5% of this pie, goes to a Panthers player. Because if it wasn't for him, the Vikings don't win this game. The kicker, Joey Sly, missing that boot. And that's a long kick, okay? I mean, that wasn't a gimme kick or a pooch kick by any means. He's got the tattoo sleeve, too. But the 5% of this pie, he does deserve it because Teddy Bridgewater threw a dime. Looked like the Panthers are going to steal it, and he pushed a I mean, it wasn't even close. That thing was he basically in the locker room. He got stuck in the turf. Oh, well, his darn it. got stuck. Your one but job he, to do. He missed two done. kicks, too, to your point. Can so you imagine? Like, he missed two. You have one job. Just don't trip over My yourself. My foot got stuck, Kick dude. Kick the ball, dude. My foot yeah. got stuck. So Joey Sly gets 5%. Right. Of this pie. So my pie chart of praise goes 80% Kirk Cousins, 15% Gary Kubiak, 5% to the Panthers kicker for gifting the Vikings a win. In this the Rock knows how you feel about I just pie. got a thought. I believe that it's destined now that when Kirk does go into the hall, his presenter is Phil Mackey. Listen, I already have the speech written. I think that you should be, I think you have to be, because you're the guy that got him to turn the corner. I have the speech written. Just when... Hi, Kirky. Kirky McCurkers. Listen, just when everyone thought that was a wrap on Kirk Cousins as the Vikings franchise quarterback, down 20 points to the vaunted Denver Broncos, recent Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos last year. (laughs) Yeah, with that. (laughs) He brings the Vikings all the way back from down 20. I love your hat. It's like the press. It's like the the old school press credential in in the fedora. That's right. It's just Kirk's number one. (laughs) Yesterday, a vaunted Panthers team. Panthers, also a former, well, former Super Bowl appearing team at one point. True, they have been in a Super Bowl fifteen years ago. No, they went. uh, They went with Cam. Like no, they they lost to the Broncos. Yeah, to Denver. That's right. Same Super Bowl. I think they've been twice now. Yeah. So, what a day for Kirk yesterday. Um, it, it's all good now. It's all good. It's all good. Crazy league. Is, you I, like mean, that? I mean, listen, he, here's the thing, okay? Like that. The NFC, every team, I mean, the, the Saints are probably the most complete team, but now they're literally running Wildcat with a backup quarterback, and Drew Brees has 27 broken ribs. So, like, Drew Brees is going to have to come back at some point before the end of the year and get back into the flow. It's possible he's just going to be rusty and old. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put the Saints on this untouchable pedestal, even if Brees comes back. The Rams have looked like maybe they're the best team in the NFC. They lost to the Niners for the second time. Now, the Niners have had a ton of injuries and stuff. And and Jared Goff's very up and down. 
Correct. So that's, that's a the problem. that's a gettable Rams team. Yeah. The Seahawks, as the Vikings experience firsthand, if you just don't give Russell Wilson the ball with a minute to go, ninety four yards, uh, you can beat the Seahawks defense up and down. I mean, there's you're going to run into the Chiefs at some point if you try to go all the way. But if you're talking about just the NFC playoffs, go get it. Like what at this point? All sarcasm aside, not that there's been any so far on this show. Okay, <laughs> mind you. All right, just want to be clear about that. The path is there for the Vikings. The, the Vikings just have to pass either Arizona or Tampa. Right. Either one of those teams. Right. They play so Tampa gets a bye. They play Tampa, a chance to even things up with Tampa. Arizona's schedule is pretty brutal. They play the Rams twice. Um, they had the Giants on there. That's right. The had, Giants have won three straight yeah. games. So at this point, they the <laughs> now that you've come all this way, and you're probably gonna if you beat the Jaguars, you're gonna be five hundred again. Go get it. Like, go make a run. Like, this is, it's, I, I think my biggest message out of yesterday's win and, and the run that they've gone on is it's okay to hold your team to a high standard. And if the Vikings, like the Vikings with Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer and veterans up and down this, this team, and there's young guys too, but there's some Hall of Fame caliber guys running around here, like Vikings Hall of Fame at least, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks. It's a it's an up and down NFC. Go get it at this point. Like, why shouldn't we hold them to the standard of if you want to play like this for a month and a half stretch? Because they go don't. Get it. Because there's a very good chance that the majority of teams in this conference, including the Vikings, don't have the ability to be consistent enough to do that. Like, I agree with what you're saying, but I guess my question is this one: Who's going to show up here? And it's Jacksonville, okay? You're, you're playing Jacksonville next. They've lost ten consecutive games. They just fired their GM. They are one in ten, but. Are you going to get the team that you got in this fourth quarter yesterday? Are you going to get the team that you got early in the third when they gave up consecutive plays from scrimmage offensively 14 points? Are you going to get the team that played against Dallas, which was horrific? Are you going to get the team uh, that played against in Green Bay, which was pretty good? So I guess my question is, I think the team that's going to emerge from this conference is go, is not going to necessarily be the best team like personnel-wise. I think it's going to be the team that can find consistency. And if you watch teams in this conference so far, aside from what the Saints were probably doing earlier, I don't think you've seen it. And and that's the thing that is completely maddening. Like who is Kirk? <laughs> like is Kirk the guy the Kirk in the fourth quarter yesterday was really damn good. All jokes aside, it's like, oh, wow. And against Dallas, he, he was good. But the team itself against the Cowboys was awful. And, like, defensively, defensively, can you, if Carolina doesn't make the mistakes that Carolina made, right, can you still pull that game out and not have made the mistakes that you, so, like, I've just got, I've got week to week here, and, and I guess it's fun in a sick, twisted sort of way. Week to week, I've got so many questions about what can you, replicate and why does it look so tough at times when a lot of the teams that you're playing now really aren't that good but this is the beauty of the NFL the like the beauty of the NFL to me is sort of in the messiness i don't think you're going to go back to an age and i don't even know if there ever was an age where there's just like 10 like perfectly operating teams like i think oh, the yeah, NFL no, is not. No. the NFL's always been kind of messy right. and, and a lot of it's because quarterbacks the quarterback market has gotten to the point in a salary cap league where all these quarterbacks are making like 10 to 20% of a team's salary cap. And so uh, it's harder to it's harder to put together top talent across the board. 
because you can only really afford to have like five top talented guys, and then you're just sort of taking shots on young players and rookies, and mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what the Vikings are doing right now, and that they've got highly paid. Anthony Barr, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and a couple other guys. And it's like, all right, let's take a flyer on 15 rookies in the draft. And let's put a bunch of rookie cornerbacks out there. Right. And so it's, it's going to look imperfect. And that's why it's even more important that when you have a quarterback that's making 10, 15, in some cases, even more percentage of your salary cap, they have to bail you out from the imperfections. And that is what we have been saying on this show the entire year. It's like we get hammered for it. Yesterday on Ventline, we, ha- we actually had someone come in at the end uh, highly recommend you go listen. It's 90 minutes, a lot of great takes from fans. It's the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. And he was and he was poking us on our Kirk Cousins opinions. So when, when we talk about high quarterback standards, we're talking about exactly what Kirk did at the end of that game yesterday. There's going to be defensive touchdowns. There's going to be muffed punts. There's going to be injured starters all over the field sometimes. This happens to every team in the NFL. Look around. And quarterbacks are bailing those teams out because that's their job. And it's almost like when we hold Kirk to this standard of, why isn't he good late in games? Why is he this? And it's like, you guys are being too hard on him. No, we're not. It's the most important, influential position in all of sports. Now, what the guy at the end of Ventline said yesterday is, well, if we all agree Kirk sort of is who he is, and he's going to do this like once or twice a year maybe, and he's never going to be a top five guy who can do it you know, time and time again against the best teams in the NFL then that's more of a, a Rick Spielman criticism for keeping him in that spot at that price tag. Right. And I'll have that conversation too. But and I guess have, yeah. I guess my question off yesterday's game is, does, is your opinion of Kirk Cousins different if he's taking a step forward in these categories, late in games, overcome need, the crap that happens in the first you know three and a half quarters? I need to see. So um, the way he played against Dallas and what he did in the fourth quarter on Sunday was impressive, okay? But I have uh, bought a ticket to this film before, and I've seen it before. I saw it last year. Uh, Four games in, they're not playing well, right? Offense is not playing well. Kirk is scuffling and struggling. Diggs goes nuts, skips a couple days of uh, practices or work. What happens? They come back and play the Giants, and Kirk goes on a Kirk run. Um, so what I need to see now is I, I'm not willing to talk about if he has turned a corner until I see this now consistently for an extended period of time. And, and I will have changed. I will change my tune completely. The first time that Kirk fails to lead a comeback. And I say, that's really surprising that he failed. Yeah. Like, so like, I, like Pat Mahomes. Yeah. It so it's shocking if he doesn't, you right, know, complete. but, but if we ever get to a show where, where we come in on a Monday and sit down and the Vikings got the ball with 150 left, and Kirk failed, and we're all like, wow, that never happens really. Kirk failed. That's when I will t- tell you I have had an aha football moment. I'm shocked. So, um, look, it was impressive. It's fine. But when you're paid as much as Kirk is, and this all comes back to that. Like, this all comes back to his contract. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I, I have become a converted Kirk guy until that's the norm, and, which and, I think is fair. And if it, I don't think it's ever going to become like the Tom Brady in his prime norm or the Pat Mahomes norm. Like that's, that's not ever going to happen. I think what we're talking about here is just do it more often than 
one fourth quarter comeback in your Vikings career. And I get that the defense has, has given away a couple of those two. But here's the crazy thing. And th- and this is where if if you're the Vikings and you're looking at the road ahead, like you have a chance to finish nine and seven to get into the playoffs and to maybe make something happen if you can win games like that. Because when you get into the playoffs, what happens is you don't get to stick to your formula of run the ball, play action, take a ten nothing lead and lean on the opponent and and then you can tee off with your, you know, young defense like What's more likely to happen when you play great teams? This might happen against the Buccaneers in two weeks. It might happen at home in a, in a trap game against the Jaguars. You fall behind by 14. Oh, crap. That wasn't supposed to happen, but what do we do? Okay? It's those types of games where crap happens. You start off slow. You get strip-sacked. You throw a dumb interception. Something happens, and now you're down 14-3, to three, right? Mm-hmm. Which happens all the time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Kirk has to be able... To say, all right, well, we're going to block that out, and uh, I'm just going to go find Justin Jefferson about six times in the second half, and we're going to we're going to work this thing down the field, right. just like he did at the end of the game yesterday. They were down by two scores, and he was able to. And, and, and there's a big difference, by the way, between you know a, a three or four games under 500 Panthers team that's in rebuild mode without its best offensive weapon in Christian McCaffrey. And some of the teams the Vikings are going to have to do this against Tampa, and, you know, Seattle again. And the playoffs, if, if you get to that point, the problem is this. And it's not all Kirk. The problem is is last year, the Saints win is impressive, right? Kirk makes the late throws. Kirk looks great. Uh, but the problem then be- becomes, a- as you potentially progress in the playoffs, you play tougher and tougher teams. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings issue that I can't see this team overcoming is in the San Francisco game last year, they got their butts kicked completely, like from Kirk on down. And so I guess my question is this, if if you're playing a team that is a very solid team, do you have enough defensively as well? And my thought process right now is no. Now, could you get there eventually, 2021 or 22? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I do think it's a starting point of of the fan base, the coaching staff, and everybody in the Vikings room has to have some type of faith that if they are trailing late and the game is within reach, that Kirk gives you a chance. And at least Kirk took a step yesterday towards saying that was impressive. Yeah. But here's the thing: I'll give them that. you bring up the 49ers from last year, and that was that was beyond like, oh, we're down, and you got your butt you know, kicked. You know, now Pat Mahomes was able to do it in the Super Bowl, but he's superhuman, and and I don't think Kansas City got its ass kicked though. Like the Vikings got abused. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Kansas City was getting. I, I'd like to go back and just sort of they were they. It looked pretty hopeless for them until the fourth quarter, and then Mahomes became Mahomes, and mm-hmm. that's the thing that they can pull out that no other team can right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's a 49ers caliber, a 49ers 2019 caliber team in the NFC right now. I think that Niners team was so great and punch you in the mouth. And if they would have had the quarterback to go along with it, then they probably don't blow that lead against. We're talking about a San Francisco team that wins the Super Bowl if it's someone better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And to your point about the Vikings defense, yeah, that's ultimately that's going to be the thing that they're they're probably not going to be able to stop several great quarterbacks and offenses in a row. They could scheme once. I don't think they can scheme it up like three times in the NFC playoffs right. and make it work week after week. Right. But I think they can in 2021. If they get some of these pieces back 
and Michael Pierce and Daniil Hunter and the cornerbacks get a year older and uh, and Eric Kendricks is still in his prime. Like, there's a chance the Vikings defense just getting guys healthy could be back in the top half of the NFL, if not better, in 2021. And then the question remaining is: Can your offense, led by your quarterback, do what they've done against Dallas early in the fourth quarter and then against Carolina yesterday? Can they do that more often in these back and forth games or when you fall behind and do it against great teams? Because if you can, you can win a Super Bowl. But that's been like, why are you guys so hard? Because that is the missing link. When it gets messy, when you're down by 10 points, 14 points, can you still pull it off? Yesterday, the answer was yes. Right, but It has to be yes more often going forward. And Carolina is not that good a team, and that's the issue. Like I would have loved to have seen that game played against what we deem to be a good team. I just, just, I'm curious. I think you will. I think you're going to see it against. I think you're going to see it against Tampa. I think they're going to fall behind at some point against Tampa. Is Tampa now? Is Tampa going to rally and have a good last month, or are they just a complete mess? Right? I can't figure. Like they, they, they to me are teetering. Let's let's save that. Could go for either way. Things we learned in yes. the NFL in a second. Okay, because they're they're a really weird team. Yeah, I think there's an easy fix there, but they've they've just been bench stubborn Brady? about it. Yes, bench Tom Brady. Bench Tom Brady. Bring in. Uh, Who's their, Who's their backup? Uh, I don't even Byron know. Byron Leftwich is their coordinator, right? You can, you can get him off the street. <laughs> Actually, they have to carry him around like his old line did at Marshall. <laughs> uh, let's take a trip around the room here. When the Vikings do win, uh, we yeah. give you Vikings nitpicks because yes. we are fair and balanced here on Mackie and Judd. <laughs> fair and balanced. I like it. Says the man wearing those commercials. A, you see those commercials running here in the game. Kirk's number one fan. Fair and balanced. It's like Sean Hannity's yeah. red face. Yeah, Fox like, News. <laughs> Fox News. Nothing but fair and balanced. In fairness, if they were to run the same, if they were to run the same MSNBC ads on Sunday Night Football, it'd be like, all right, we get it. You guys have home teams. That's fine. Just don't. Vikings it. nitpicks. I I have for a win. I don't think I have ever had as many potential nitpicks as I do. But, I mean, there were so many things about that that game. I will start with this one, uh, boys, and this applies to both uh, the star running back on this team and the quarterback. Dalvin Cook has lost two fumbles in the past two games, mm-hmm. and Kirk Cousins has done the same. Now, now I know that the, um, the Kirk hit against Dallas turned out to be one that should have drawn a flag, but it did not. But if you are going to do what Phil is talking about and make a potential run here— um, you can't be losing the football. You can't have your star players doing it. And in the case of the third quarter yesterday, you can't be on back-to-back plays from scrimmage, giving up touchdowns to the opposing teams. Dalvin especially, hang on to the football. Hang okay. on to the ball. You guys realize the Vikings have won two games this season, one in which they gave up two blocked punts, and then another one in which they gave up two defensive touchdowns yeah. in 10 seconds to the same guy. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And the two block punts game was never in question. That's the amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, that's how you get fired. <laughs> well, that's how you get fired on the Saturday after hey, Thanksgiving. did Matt Nagy get fired yet today? Not yet. I don't. Not as we're recording at 1030 this morning. I don't know how this lasts. Yeah. Mm. And Bears vent line is going to be red hot, too. Yeah, that's coming. Because that's. It's coming down the pipe It's great. Really? Yes. Oh, excellent. It's excellent. Dex, what's, what's your nitpick? Well, if it should come as no surprise to anyone. But so many people, so many people. I had texts. I had tweets. I had Facebook messages. Yeah, well, uh, maybe your guy, Teddy Bridgewater, just uh, isn't that good. He's not that great. Can't cut it. It might be time to move off the take, Dex. And, you know, 
the funny part is Kirk Cousins has one epic fourth quarter comeback finally, and now oh there he is, there's Kirk, there's Kirk. We don't need Teddy, but Kirk on the same breath, same people would say Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback too. He's a slightly above average quarterback. He's not really in this elite tier of QBs. The people who are criticizing Kirk Cousins and Teddy Bridgewater are the same people who defend Baker Mayfield, who defend Derek Carr. Okay, like all those guys, what I'm trying to say, all those guys, Carr, Bridgewater, Cousins, they're basically all in the same tier. Well, Baker Mayfield's in a lower tier than all three of those guys for me. And and that's my point is the quarterback beer goggles, and I'm guilty of it too with my view of Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback beer goggles that NFL fans put on to their own quarterback when they compare them is hilarious to me because unless your name is Pat Mahomes or basically Tom Brady pre-2020, there's like a whole group of quarterbacks 5 through 20 that are just basically the same. They're really not as good as anyone. They're not that much better than anyone else. So it's the hatred for Teddy Bridgewater and over like, oh, they should have stuck it to him right there. It, it's a little, a it's a little confusing to me. Dex. He looked pretty bad. That was dude. a pretty bad. He missed a couple Two open of his touchdowns. First nine. Yeah, Phil's right about that. He did not look. He, good. he had a da- he could have daggered them. I mean, there was a at yeah, ESPN's that, that win probability th- that last throw. Man, he's got to hit on that on first and goal. The Panthers' win probability in ESPN was ninety six point eight. So if he gets that six, he, all, it. he also and if a kicker doesn't miss a kick, that also he also game. blamed the OC by saying that that last pass or the pass that he threw behind uh, the guy in the end zone that could have. It ended yeah. the game for the Vikings that the uh, play call came in late. He tried to. He's now assessing blame. Now wow. that's very unteddy like. Wow. Dex, I think he might have changed. I think he might be done with him. I think he's changed. I, I really don't think so. Because also, I, I don't think we're friends. Right now, he's having a career year in Carolina, even with Carolina being, you know, mostly a dumpster fire as a team. He's having career. He's having a great season. Well, I wouldn't say it's a, gra- a great for Teddy. A great season <laughs> for, well, Teddy. for Teddy, though. That's. This is Minimizing where, Teddy. This is where we, like, Teddy? I almost feel like with, with some of this, and, and people are guilty of this with my guy, Kirk Cousins, too. <laughs> but, like, Pat Mahomes is the bar for great. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone tweeted me, I, this might come as a shock, but uh, I sat around all weekend. I didn't, I didn't even didn't get my anything. car until, like, Wednesday. I yeah. was just, like, binging Netflix and just uh, watching football and stuff. And I was arguing with people about Kirk for, like, four straight days on Twitter. And uh, it introduced a lot more people to Purple Daily, I think. I, th- I think that, it, was a, good. it was a good, productive discussion. Who are going to hate, listen, or watch? <laughs> <laughs> Waiting to get their comeuppance on, on us. But, uh, but somebody said, you got to admit, Kirk Cousins and Gary Kubiak has been a dream pairing. And it's like, listen, a dream pairing is Belichick and Brady. What? A dream pairing is Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. A good pairing is Gary Kubiak and Kirk Cousins. We have gotten so used to eight and eight, ten and six, one and done in the playoffs. Oh look, there's a quarterback that's not a Spurgeon win. Like we don't even know what great looks and feels like here. And it's like so we need to be more conscious about the standards we're setting for this football team. A dream pairing? They started one and five. You can't call it a dream pairing, period. Well it's it's turned out it's to be got, a it's quality evolved. pairing. It's evolving. It's turned out to be a quality pairing over the last month or so. They've kind of figured out you know, how well, yeah, they've action done and whatnot, well right? recently. Yeah. Although, although we are getting very close to Zim saying, "What's going on with Dalvin?" I thought this was Dalvin's show. I thought I thought this was Dalvin's show. No, Del- it looked like Dalvin had a compound fracture there for a second, yeah. and then he came back five I minutes am, later, <laughs> yeah, running around. I'm getting very concerned about his <laughs> fumbling and then staying down. Yeah. Uh, my nitpick, real quick here, is that I know they blocked a kick yesterday, but the Vikings special teams is let's not let them <laughs> off the hook, okay? Chad Beebe, 
amazing job bouncing back, catching the game-winning touchdown. That was awesome. But um, it's like he went into this game. They benched K.J. Osborne for being terrible as a punt returner and kick returner and a guy who's not trustworthy. And they bring in a guy in Chad Beebe who apparently had no idea what a fair catch was on the first punt of the game. He's got two defenders running full speed at him, closing in, and catches the punt without a fair catch sign, almost gets decapitated, somehow hangs onto the ball. And then, of course, later someone pulled him aside and said, hey, dude, so if defenders are bearing down on you during these punts, it's great. You can just, like, throw your arm in the air, and they can't touch you. And so on the final punt there, you know, with two minutes left in the game, the ball leaves the punter's foot, and he's just immediately like, all right, fair catch, fair catch, fair catch, and the ball bounces off his chest. And and the broadcast throughout this number yesterday, the Vikings punt team, the punt return team, with multiple different guys that they've tried there this season, 13 yards on punt returns. Great stat. Not yesterday, all season. That's a great stat. 13 punt return yards all season. Which means you should never muff one. Which means you should (laughs) never muff one because all you're being asked to do is catch the damn ball. But you could have just let it bounce. And I get that time would have run off the clock because it would have been like 10 seconds of the ball. But you're better off just letting it bounce if that's the case. So, anyways, let's not let the special teams off the hook. Um, You guys want to get to some Bears vent line? I got one more, though. Oh. I got one more nitpick. Classic. Why is Chris Jones still consistently playing cornerback on this team? Why is Chris Jones still, and here's why, but here's why I ask, okay? And I still don't have a sufficient answer. The 41-yard short touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson. Chris Jones covered his man. And never turned around ever to look at what was going on upfield to realize that his man was a non-factor. Like his guy kept taking him. He's like, "I'm still going out for a pass." And Chris Jones like, "Oh, okay." And Robbie <laughs> Anderson's running wild. It's like, dude, all you have to do is turn around. Like in the end zone, Chris Jones greeted him with milk and cookies. Yeah, but like, hi, Robbie, welcome to the end zone. Would okay. you like some milk and cookies? Uh, Chris Jones. I, on one hand, on one hand, I'm thinking, okay, well, his job is to cover this yes, wide receiver. It was man coverage, right? yes. and so he's running down. He's and he's paying attention to follow that guy, and he's doing that right. Yes. On the other hand, if it's been like a half hour and that guy is still just like running well, around, don't you think that it's like somebody else has the ball? It's like if we're talking <laughs> and you and you go in a slightly different direction, subject wise, right? And I like don't. And so you you start to talk about the Buccaneers, and I'm like, yeah, Kirk Cousins is doing this and that. And you're like, but Judd, we changed subjects. I know, but I'm paid to talk about Kirk Cousins, damn it. I just want to know. That's all I'm paid to do. As someone who quit football after eighth grade, all right, I just want to know, like, at what point does your internal clock start to tell you? (laughs) That's exactly "Hmm, what I'm asking. I've been running. I've been chasing this guy. (laughs) Why is he so happy? We're in the tunnel right now. Maybe somebody else has the ball, and I should turn and see what's happening. This is... Yes. But by, yes. By the way, PFF's uh, top graded Vikings defensive player yesterday, Judd. What's Chris Jones? Chris Jones, eighty six point seven. Congratulations. Now gain some football awareness. Chris Jones. It was man. hilarious Chris though. He's Ethan just Jones. like, Hey, I'm still covering my guy, Zim. Zim's like, but the plays is going on twenty yards behind you. Anyway, I well, thought it was funny. It's 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 always a good day when the Vikings win a football game, unless you're still in the tank for Trevor mode, which that ship sailed a month and a half ago. But it's even better when the Packers or the Bears lose in devastating fashion. And when they play each other, it means that one of those two teams is going to be very sad, as we saw last night on Sunday Night Football. Courtesy of our friends in Chicago, the score, and also ESPN 1000, this is Bears Ventline on Mackie and Judd.
this is an absolute embarrassment. I mean, George Halas was the face of the NFL. This team was so respected, and we always get just our butts handed to us on national TV against the Packers. It's disgusting, and I'm, I'm sick of it. And I'm going to say this. If, if Mr. Pace and Mr. Nagy are around next year, I'm done with this team. I'm going to seriously walk away. I'm sick of this because if these guys are going to be in charge of hiring, or I'm sorry, drafting another quarterback, how in the world could the McCaskies even allow Pace to be put in that position? Because you know that's what's going to happen. That defense did not look like it even wanted to be there tonight right from the get-go as far as I was concerned. Oh, just so very tired of it. But uh, it felt like the defense let Mitchell down tonight, which really sucks. The, the defense has been so good, exemplary, for the entire year. It feels like the defense let Mitch down. Genetics let Mitch yeah, down, just yeah, to be clear. Exactly. But the de- exactly. I mean, the defense gave up on Mitch. They should have. How can you watch the Bears for any period of time and think, boy, if the... Uh, the Bears just had a better defense. Mitch Trubisky would be a Pro Bowl. That guy had to be his dad, right? He called him Mitchell. It had to be his father. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> Somebody is going to have to really explain this because when the Bears defense looks like they totally quit and then Tony Down G is giving like praises for every little small things that Mitch has done that he should be doing as a fourth-year quarterback. And the bar is set so low. This is a national embarrassment if you're the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and Mark from Bartlett. I believe this last call that we have queued up here. I mean, it, it was a two-minute rant that I that I just I, I grabbed a thirty-second snippet of. It could it, you could, there's like multiple chunks of this call, but I think this was the best part. Trubisky has the confidence of a grade schooler waiting to see if he'll be allowed to be the guy to sharpen the pencils for the teacher. He looked like an expectant father sitting on the bench in the first half, waiting his turn while watching Rodgers, who was showing us what it is to be an NFL quarterback. I'm convinced that Trubisky can't even read a comic book, let alone an NFL defense. It quickly came back to me how athletic but an inept he is as an NFL QB. He was reading lines, right? He, he was. He, he clearly have. wrote those he, out. He, like those some, he, he yeah. like wrote a column. Yeah. Very well prepped on that. So uh, there you go. Bears vent line here. How bad did they look? Injured. Oh my god! And and not to mention you've How lost five and one. You've lost. This is where I'll give the Vikings credit throughout. For sure, the Mike Zimmer era, and even well, I'll just say in the Mike Zimmer era. Yep. When it feels like things have gotten just too out of hand, or you know they start one and five, or they're the wheels are off for two or three game stretch. Yep. They always come back. Like they, they always show fight, and they don't. They don't ever. It's never like the Vikings have lost a few games in a row, and then that happens. 
Like when that happens and you're, you're otherwise decent defense, although having uh, Akeem Hicks was out and he's clearly a huge piece to like all of their defense. But when that happens, it's time to fire the coach. I don't understand how Matt Nagy is still employed as we sit I here mean, and the, record this at 10.44 a.m. Yeah. On this Monday. Because I don't think Dude. a coaching change saves them because the uh, QB play is so bad there. But that team's given up. Like they just, that defense just cashed it in. There, there were more business decisions made by the Bears' defense last night than I've seen in ages. Like, you had guys like, I, I could tackle. Ah, uh, no. I'm not going to tackle. I'm good on that. Good on that. Uh, so there's your Bears' vent line on this Monday. Quick pause, and then we'll uh, go through things we learned on NFL Sunday. And a 51-year-old man making a TV decision over the weekend that he wants to bring to the table. <laughs> You know, he was good. You know, he's been in those situations. We practice those things all the time. Um, you know, I know he was fired up after the game. You know, it, it, it felt good for him to be able to go out and do that and win, win the football game. Really, I thought Kirk played well all day today. You know, he um, he was under duress. They were giving us a lot of different blitz looks and, and blitz things that, uh, you know, uh, and, and getting people in his face. Um, you know, I thought he, he scrambled a couple times today, which were which was which helped because they gave some open areas. And then, um, uh, you know, obviously on the last drive, he was he was terrific. Football. Uh, Mike Zimmer talking about uh, Pro Football Focus is fifth ranked quarterback heading into this next week of games, gentlemen. The Vikings pulled off a victory. Other things happen in and around the NFL on Sunday that are noteworthy. Let's go around the room a couple times here. Things we learned on NFL Sunday. Judd Zilgen. I learned that the Denver Broncos quarterbacks are all idiots. Completely <laughs> inept, and it has nothing to do with what they did on the field because they're so stupid they didn't get on the field on Sunday. Can I tell you real quick, my yep. first note verbatim is the Broncos quarterbacks are idiots. But they are! <laughs> and mine is a piggyback off of that, I'm going to say. They are! It's on the... So, Drew Locke, whoa, what? Whoa. Test positive, which is fine. Okay, COVID is rampant, right? So everyone get... Or a lot of people, like Declan, have gotten it. That's no strike against you. That does not mean yeah. that you're being dumb. That means that you, unfortunately, contracted this thing. But then, then everyone else in the quarterback room... Rippin, Blake Bortles, everyone else in the Broncos QB room had to admit that they did not wear a mask when they were around Drew Locke in the quarterback room. Therefore, all rightfully so, probably, by the league being disqualified, not because they had COVID, but because they became high risk to have it, and they were all eliminated from Sunday's game. And I'm glad that the league said, bleep you, Broncos, you're still playing you're playing the Saints. We're not going to delay your game because your team is full of idiot quarterbacks. And some kid named Kendall Hinton, who I believe had been on the practice squad, had to start a quarterback. I think the Broncos had one completion. Long story short, um, one is how do you not wear a mask? And and by the way, before somebody responds with, have you seen the death toll among young athletes? It's basically zero. I'm not talking about people. In fact, I will say right now, I don't care about people. I care about sure. playing games with quarterbacks that are available, okay? So don't give me this, I'm a hard ass, and you don't know your COVID stats. No, I do know them, and 0% of the quarterbacks who don't wear masks play. So that's my frustration <laughs> here. I want games played with quality players or at least a semblance of, 
um, and the Broncos. And the other thing, too, is how do you not, if you're a team with multiple QBs, how did you not start the year basically quarantining one of your quarterbacks and putting them on Zoom? They take no snaps, right? Like, practice is the starting quarterback gets the snaps and nobody else does, and yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Blake Bortles, just, just hang out just, at home and yeah, jump and on Zoom, a Zoom. and Zoom. Anyway, idiots. Sorry. So, you know what? I, I've just come to the realization. So, CNN has all the COVID stats up on their screen every day, just like t- you know, telling people for eight months how many have died today and it's it's like a covid stat tracker right yeah i think you need a new category i think every day it's covid cases covid deaths and quarterbacks who aren't able to play because they didn't wear masks yes. in the freaking practice room cnn let's make this happen amen um all right that's a good good Football. start to things we learned uh, I learned that people are too hard on 43-year-old Tom Brady, okay? That game yesterday afternoon, first of all, did you guys see Tyree Kill had 203 yards receiving in the first bleeping quarter of that game? <laughs> he was he was on such another level. He did a backflip into the end zone on one of his touchdowns, winds up with three touchdowns, like 280 yards or something ridiculous. But Tom Brady, people just tee off on this guy because uh, he throws interceptions now and he looks sad on the sidelines and sometimes he doesn't shake the opposing team's hands when he loses. He's 43 years old. He's going toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes yesterday in an offensive system that doesn't tailor to his skill set at all. Bruce Arians, with his little fedora, just gets up there every single week, trashes Tom Brady for not being able to hit 50-yard bombs on every play. If they ever decide at any point to restructure that offense with those weapons to feature what Tom Brady is good at, which is short and intermediate passes, they could win the Super Bowl. But instead, like that game yesterday was painful. It's like every drop back, seven-step drop, avoid pass rushers, 40 yards down the field. Like, come on, just get the ball to Antonio Brown, seven yards, yards after the catch. I'm just saying I learned that people are too hard on Tom Brady for a 43-year-old man He's doing very well. So you're saying it's not his fault. It's more the coach's fault. Well, I mean, he's not as good as he used to be. But, um, I mean, is he like, did he throw a ball off a lineman's helmet for an interception yesterday? Yeah, like that was a bad throw. But why are you asking him to drop back seven steps every play and throw bombs down the field? Like once in a while, awesome. But that shouldn't be the only thing you do offensively. Because, damn it, my offense works, says Bruce Arians. Yeah. All right, dude. How many many rings do you have? Just just calm down. All right, Declan. (laughs) Piggybacking off Judd's point. Yes, all the Broncos quarterbacks are idiots. Yes, none of them really can play quarterback. But also, no, average guy on the couch, you cannot play quarterback in the NFL. I want to make this very (laughs) clear because there's always a debate that I could complete one pass in the NFL. So this poor guy, Kendall Hinton, all right, he, he he, he was a decorated high school quarterback. He won a state championship. Goes to Wake Forest. Ah, not great, but still a, a, a Division One college quarterback. Okay? A Power Five. And power a Power five. five school. And he goes out there and, yes, with basically no prep, completes one pass. One pass for and two picks and looks awful. So the bad. next time some Joe Schmo who's had about nine Miller Lights claims <laughs> I, can, I can complete one pass in the NFL, no, you can't. So, so, yes, the Broncos quarterbacks are inept, but you can't complete a pass either. I feel sorry for everyone in Denver, but... Yes, I just want to make that very, very clear. I learned that in the okay. NFL that you can't play, complete a pass in the NFL. Can you imagine? I'm sure. I'm sure he was a little bit excited because obviously, like, oh, I get to play in an NFL game. It's great. But can <laughs> you imagine Saturday the phone out. call that guy gets at like you know 7 p.m. on Saturday before a game? Oh, uh, you're playing quarterback, and we need you to stay up till about two o'clock in the morning and study these new concepts we're going to have to put in for tomorrow. 
And they didn't score any points. Well, they, actually, they did. They, they scored once. Run yeah. left, run right. Should have had the uh, Bill Musgrave little play call. It would have been very, very easy to just <laughs> that poor, yeah. get that. And if, and if you're the Saints, it was kind of like, remember that Gophers basketball game from a couple years back where they played Alabama? Yeah. Thanksgiving. And with like 15 minutes to go in the game, Alabama has everyone fall out or get ejected yeah. except for three guys. Yes. And the Gophers played five on three with reserves to like, yeah, it wasn't like the Gophers... They they could sub guys in who were getting tired. Alabama played 15 minutes with three guys and outscored the Gophers because they just like didn't know what to do. And so part of me was thinking, how are the Saints going to play this? Are they going to just run the ball like? And they did a great job of saying, all right, we're not going to get squirrely. We're not going to throw interceptions. We're just going to gr- grind them out and uh, and and just see what happens. But half of me thought like, I wonder if just out of sheer confusion as to like how to defend this, if the Saints are going to have their hands full. And the answer was no. <laughs> No, yeah, that, those three. guys were lost completely. Football. Broncos were. I, I learned in this extremely long National Football League weekend that, gentlemen, Thanksgiving is firing season, and I absolutely <laughs> love it. So on on Thursday, two terrible games, right? Absolutely terrible. Beginning with the Texans, who aren't that good. Now, Watson's good, but the Texans aren't. Completely waxing the Lions, and two days after that, two days hence, the Lions fire a GM Bob Quinn and, thankfully, Matt Patricia. And then after their 10th consecutive loss on Sunday, because they opened the season with a win against the Colts, I have no idea how, the Jaguars did not fire their coach, Doug Marone, but they did fire their GM, Dave Caldwell. As Phil said before, are Ryan Pace and Nagy next? Because the Bears are for sure going to fire them both, I think. Um, but we have officially now started, and it sort of had begun a couple weeks before, but we've now officially entered the heart of firing season. And in Detroit, it was, I thought that they were going to hang on just to keep continue to lose, but it was overdue because that performance against the Texans on Thursday night or on th- Thursday morning was absolutely atrocious. Football. I'm going to piggyback off that. Even though it is firing season here in the NFL, I learned that the New York Jets ownership group <laughs> is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Because they haven't fired Adam Gaze yet. And I'd love to know more about why. Like, it's very clearly over. The Jets are one of the worst football teams we've seen in 30 years. They're probably not going to win a game. Sam Darnold was this once uber-talented, promising prospect who's now just relegated to being him. terrible. Uh, two more interceptions yesterday, a QBR of 18.2. Goo. And a traditional rating of 51, by the way, so wasn't much better. Frank Gore is their bell cow running back. He's like 50 years old. And it's like they're just – they're just. I, I think what they're doing is they know Adam Gaze has lost this team entirely. They, you know, they struggle to score 10 points in the game. Yep. They want to make damn sure they get Trevor Lawrence. Yes. And so if you fire Adam Gaze and this team gets fired up for a couple weeks. Yes, I think you're right. That's probably why, right? Yes. So he's walking into the office every day expecting to be fired. And every day, it's like, oh, where's my like, No, Merry Christmas. Yep. If you can get it. Wait till January, Adam. We'll fire you in January. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out just how this NFL season is working, man. Because all these good teams continue to lose. The Rams lost yesterday. The Bucks lost yesterday. The Raiders got waxed by the Falcons. Not yeah. just like lost a close game. No, they got waxed by the Falcons. The Cardinals lost. So I I just have this terrible feeling, not even terrible, but self-fulfilling feeling that tonight the Eagles, and if it's Jalen Hurts, I don't know who the hell it's going to be. It might be Jalen Hurts. He was getting reps. He's not going to start, but he's getting first-team reps. He's getting reps. reps. Okay. Yeah. 
I have a feeling that the Eagles are going to beat the Seahawks too. And look, the Seahawks are a little bit of a more of a flawed team because their quarterback is so damn good and the rest of their team is kind of ugh. But it could be very on brand if the Eagles figure out a way to win tonight on Monday Night Football. I can't figure out this NFL season. I really can't. You're the not NFC East is, yeah. Yeah. It's impossible. Especially the NFC mostly too. And yeah. the, the fact that the, the Giants have gone from a month ago, or is it going to be the Giants or the Jets that gets the number one overall pick? And now the Giants have won, I think it's three games in a row. And uh, if now if the Eagles win tonight, the Eagles will be back in first place in that division. But but the Giants have gone from like, is everyone going to get fired again? And and are they going to pick number one overall to, oh, they got a little something going. Maybe they could finish 7-9 and nine and host a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations. 7-9. Jones got hurt, right? Hamstring or something yes, like that? Yep. Hamstring Daniel injury. Jones. Danny so, Dimes. Who, who's their quarterback behind him then? I actually have no idea. Who played behind him? Hold on a second here. I got my... Uh, Handy dandy oh, old, old school, school. sports. Oh, I've got gosh. a real the sports depth chart. I've got no sports section. I'm uh, just Colt going, McCoy. Oh, oh, of course. How, Colt McCoy. How could I not know that? Colt McCoy. Amazing. How could I not know so that? So the Colt. Giants, yeah, the Giants' schedule is pretty brutal the rest of the way. I, I'm hoping whoever wins that division, I'm hoping for six wins. Yeah. I, I would love to see a six win division winner in the NFC East. So the Giants are four and seven. They play at Seattle next week. Then they play the Cardinals, the Browns. These are all like playoff teams. The Ravens and then the Cowboys. So there's a good chance they could. Who's got the e- easiest schedule left in the division? Washington or Philadelphia? Then or Dallas? I guess. Let's, Let's pull these. Over. Dallas on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I don't see. I don't know how Dallas. I don't see that one happening. But but everyone is so scrunched here. Okay, the um, the Philadelphia Eagles. As our guy Adam Shine. Adam Shine. Adam Shine. Shine on sports. Shine on sports. The Eagles have the Seahawks tonight. Oh my God. They've got the Packers on the road the week after. Then they've got the Saints, oh. the Cardinals, Cowboys, and Washington. Maybe two wins, three? Yeah, Maybe. I mean, Washington's probably a toss-up, right? And then Washington, <laughs> I think I'm rooting for Washington. They're four and seven. Washington's got, oh my God. They've got the Steelers, the Niners, Loss. the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Eagles. Panthers, they can be. We are legitimately heading for a six-win division yeah. winner in this. You're going to get your wish, Great. Phil Mackey. Awesome. Enjoy Football. it. <laughs> hey, before we uh, before we wrap for the day here on Mackey and Judd, we're going to bring back a segment that we used to rock early part of the year last year. It used to be a video on on Score North Social that Rami hosted back in the day. But uh, we're all, we're all connoisseurs of non-sports television and true. if we want to include sports things in here we can. But let's bring back What Are We Watching presented by our friends at TCL, by the way, uh, America's fastest growing TV brand. Mackie and Judd's What Are We Watching? Judd Zolgad, what were you watching? Okay, so so I've got I'm going to throw this out there and ask you guys and the viewers and listeners if this is super weird or okay. Wednesday, I got home, and starting at about 5 p.m. until approximately 11 p.m., <laughs> I binged all 10 episodes on Peacock of the new Saved by the Bell. Wow. Uh, from 1 to 10. Binged them all, continual, Very no, no stop, no nothing, just went right through. So two things. Uh, and, and just to be clear here, too, so I watched all of the originals in my 20s. Yeah, so, like, like, so like, the, like back when they were first running? Uh, no, in reruns on, on uh, places like GN, yeah. back when they back when they first hit syndication, 
I watched them all back then. They used to run them in the morning on TBS and then in the afternoon on both TBS and WGN. I think WGN's where I watched them ordinarily in my 20s. So so I I was late to the ball game originally and now I'm really late at 51 to be watching and binging that show. So that's my question. So say by the bell reboot, I uh two-part answer to your Solid question. Two, by the way, I, I enjoyed them. I also binged on Saturday all 10 episodes. <laughs> so I'm right there with Hi, you. Hi Phil. Hi, I'm, Judd. I'm Judd. I'm a Saved by a Bellaholic. <laughs> uh, and is it acceptable? Absolutely. Dex, did you so? Did you watch any of this or what not, was your? Nothing. Uh, I've not watched the Saved by the Bell, and I've I never watched the I never watched the original, and I haven't watched any wow. of the reboot. I feel like you need to watch the like originals like to enjoy the re- reboot to its maximum level. If that sure. makes Actually, sense. Homework assignment: If you could, sometime in the next couple of weeks, start watching some of the originals. There, okay. are, I think you can find them pretty much anywhere. You can probably find them on YouTube, even. Right. Just like watch Peacock some. Peacock the, has them too. If you have Peacock, yeah, Peacock is is great. Uh, watch some of the original and see if it hooks you. Like, okay. if you feel the urge to keep watching, keep watching. If you feel like it's terrible, come back and hey, report Phil, to us. Is is there a year he, he can start? Watching, the, don't because I feel like the early ones won't do. I think they're boring compared to how it became. Yeah, don't watch like the Good Morning Miss Bliss ones. Make sure you start with so Say by the Bell. The original had the first season was Good Morning Miss Bliss. They rebranded it to Indiana, yeah. and then they just like they wanted the they wanted a new cast and stuff. So they wiped out half the cast. They moved they moved the school to California without even like mentioning it. All of a sudden they're in Los Angeles. Slater came in. Slater comes in. Um, who else? Kelly Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski. Or no, came Jesse in. Spano. Whoever it was. Yeah. So, um, well, Tori was was before. No, Tori was no Tori was in Miss Bliss. No, 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 that was a different girl. Oh, was it? Who, who's yeah. the Who's the girl in? I don't, I don't remember her name. Miss Bliss. She was but real boring. It was not Tori. <laughs> really not boring. good, Declan. Very okay. boring. Tori came along in like it was like between their junior and oh, senior. Oh, that's years. right. That's right. You're right. It was you're like right, a weird right. one off. But here, hold on. Just to bring this back on focus, <laughs> this was a great ten episode binge, and it's it's great. Like I think they do a great job of. Of taking the old cast members, everyone except for Screech made an, and Mr. Belding. Everyone except Screech and Mr. Belding played some sort of role from the old cast. Miss Mr. Belding. And they also had new cast members to hook like a new group of Save by the Bell fans. But for the old school Save by the Bell fans, Slater and Jesse both work at Bayside. And then Zach Morris is the governor of California, and his kid is like the new Zach Morris. Mark Paul, looking old, dude. He's looking pretty he's, old. He's a little rough right now. Mario Lopez looks, Slater looks the, the best same. of everyone. He, he looks the exact same. He looks younger than he did Nothing's 25 changed. years ago. <laughs> he's and lost weight, too. Slater was also the host, or Mar- uh, Mario Lopez was the host of the Mike Tyson, uh, Roy Jones Jr. fight on Saturday Did you buy that? I watched it. Okay, I saw you tweeting about it. I was going to say, oh my God, please it. tell me you didn't I buy it. I watched it. But I didn't buy it. So, sorry about that. Did, uh, did you find a creative way to... I found a creative you way. You found a creative way. I did. I found a creative way. Probably have and it was great. And I'll tell you, real quick, last point on Save the Bell. It's If you're an old school Save the Bell fan, they have plenty of little, like, tongue-in-cheek references. Every episode has, like, five tongue-in-cheek references to things that you'll recognize from previously. You know, they'll talk about, like, oh, like, they still eat lunch at the Max and stuff. And it's like, oh, this used to be the place where Casey Kasem would just randomly hold national dance things for no reason. <laughs> First right? one, like, I believe, yes. Right. On the uh, Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight, it was an exhibition. It wasn't, like, a sanctioned. It was, it was supposed to be, like, a souped-up sparring match. I'll tell you guys, Mike Tyson, I think he's 54. Mike Tyson could have put Roy Jones Jr. to sleep in the first round. But chose not to for business reasons because they wanted they want to make this a thing where they bring back old fighters. Yeah, that dude can still throw hands. How old is he? Fifty what? I think he's fifty four. 
Okay. And if he just and Jim Gray was the interviewer guy and was kind of pushing him like, you want to do this for real? And I oh, just like, oh, I'm a humanitarian now. I just want to <laughs> keep doing this, dude. Like, if it's not like the heavyweight division is full of like ten amazing studs. Yep. If he wanted to fight a legit heavyweight fight, I think he could beat guys in the actual heavyweight division with what we saw on Saturday. People would night. watch it too. If how, how much would, would you pay on pay per view to watch Mike Tyson drop Jim Gray? <laughs> Oh, all the money. I would actually pay probably money. 90 bucks. Yeah, all the money. Like if he would just, hilarious. of all the people that he could possibly drop, Jim Gray would probably be my top choice. Yeah, Jim Gray. He's so precious. Yeah, Jim Gray. And I couldn't tell. There was one point during the pre-match interview. Wow, I should have told you to pull audio of this. So Mike Tyson was uh, just like he was being interviewed. and He's got his little shorts on and stuff. And Jim Gray just asks like some of the most like probing, annoying questions sometimes. And at the end of the interview, Mike Tyson goes, He's the he's the goat. <laughs> he's the goat. <laughs> this guy right here's the goat. He's a goat. <laughs> and does like a goat noise. And Jim Gray couldn't tell like is he calling me the greatest of all time or is he like calling me an actual goat because I look like a goat. <laughs> and you could it was super uncomfortable and then they cut away. <laughs> Jim Gray, no sense of humor at all. Okay, interesting. I don't think he has one. I don't think he gets it. He takes himself pretty seriously. Yes. I think he loves himself some Jim Gray. Yes. So two things I got into on television this weekend. One of them was uh, I had I was, I was by myself on Saturday night, and I had, I had a couple had a couple seltzers and a couple other drinks as well. And I started to go I, – I love going down these wormholes of covers. Like I love a good cover. Not like a cover band necessarily. Like I wouldn't mind going to see a cover band, but I like when prominent artists cover other songs. I don't know why. It's just a thing that I love. Okay. So I found that on BBC Radio 1 on YouTube – there is just a collection of covers, like live performance covers from their studios. So I got into a like three hour, like I was like for three hours listening and watching all these people who are covering songs. Like this um, sounds like a Patrick Ricey thing to go to like a BBC channel yeah. and just watch well, like foreign TV for so, five so, hours. So I originally it started with just covers into YouTube. Like I didn't do BBC, but then I, I figured out like oh BBC Radio One actually like does this like this is a thing they do and once it's highly produced it's a little bit better than someone filming a concert on their cell phone obviously and i kind of appreciate good quality so i went down a crazy wormhole of that i don't know why i did but it was it was a very that's a very crazy De- that's a very declan thing very to happen. declan okay. saturday night uh in the north loop well what do you do in the north loop i drank a bunch of seltzers and listened to bbc radio <laughs> one covers that's what i pay rent for good um and the other thing judd probably won't get this but phil saw it yesterday too so on Saturday, I went down a WWE Network wormhole. I saw you tweet about that. And I, I first started with, uh, it, it was named CM Punk and then Jeff Hardy, because Jeff Hardy Judd is one of my favorite wrestlers. He's like this high-flying, kind of crazy, crazy guy. But him, he had a good rivalry with CM Punk in 2009. They went back and forth with the title. Some really good pay-per-view battles with one another. But CM Punk's like crowning moment is in basically like 2011, Judd. And it's called The Pipe Bomb. And he basically goes completely off script, right? Like that is the and that's that's putting it pretty lightly and and calls out John Cena and WWE and Vince McMahon for basically being frauds essentially. Like and, and it was this insane WTF it's, moment. It's one of the most like oh my god, a guy a guy we think went off script on live TV and it created like all this national buzz moments in wrestling history. And it was, it was insane. And then I watched the the following promos with him the coming weeks. Last night for a bet, I watched his battle with John Cena in Chicago at Money in the Bank where CM Punk basically gets, it is one of the loudest ovations ever. Like the complete, he goes from being a heel and then gets kind of like, oh, that was kind of cool. The fans like it. And then he's in his hometown in Chicago and they are just 
cheering him on. Cena's getting booed heavily the whole time. It was... I, I know people don't like wrestling and stuff, but this I'm, I'm pissed I didn't see this live. Well, I think people like wrestling less now than they did 10 or 20 years That's ago. That's true. But that was one of the most fun angles, and it was kind of like the last great angle in my mind. It was. That happened. It was. So, awesome. That's what I was watching. What, what's going to happen? We should give Judd a wrestling homework assignment at some point, like a YouTube video or something to watch and report back on it. I actually watched, because um, I saw it on Twitter a couple last week, I think, Um what was the one where there's the guy who agrees to get bit by the snake? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was, uh trying to think. I think that was Macho Man Randy Savage against Jake the Snake Roberts. And, like, he told him, I want to be bit by the snake, but but I make sure it's not poisonous. And they went through, through the whole thing. It's actually pretty It's pretty good. It's from, the like, the, like the early 90s or late 80s kind of a thing? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. It's good stuff. Early 90s, but, yeah, it was... If you guys have recommendations for things we should watch over the weekend when we're not watching sports, just say uh, by the bell, though. Very, very strong. Agreed. I actually liked it. At Jay Zolgat, at Phil Mackey, at Dex's tweets on Twitter. And uh, remember, Vikings Vent Line available from yesterday on the Purple Daily podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and also the Purple Daily YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.